Hey there, Victoria here. Do you ever feel a bit battle-weary from wrestling around with toxic or potentially toxic thinking? Well, in today's episode, I'll offer you a six-fold battle tactic plan, especially if you're feeling a bit battle-weary. We're going to see how King David kept his mind in the right place as he actually battled for his very life. His expectations and hope were in God alone. So stay tuned to see how you can claim the victory as well. But first, a few ministry reminders. Number one, please visit my website at victoriadwalker.com and opt in. When you opt in, we can get to know each other a bit better. And I'll do my best to quote, bless you and encourage you on your Christian walk with all my ministry updates. My Start With a Grateful Heart newsletter only comes out twice a month. And I promise I won't sell your email or spam your box. I won't even flood it for that matter. You'll also find on the website several freebies like podcast worksheets and downloadables to help you take those rogue toxic thoughts captive. My ministry aims to help you take every thought captive, give thanks in everything, and walk with a renewed mind. Also, I'm fairly holistic in my approach, and the blog posts that are there, they range from health issues, family and relationships, purpose and calling, hobbies, product reviews, travel, juggling life, and sticky emotions like feeling distressed, depressed, or overwhelmed, and all from a faith-based perspective, of course. You can also find details about my podcast guests on the website as I showcase their ministries and their initiatives. And announcement number two, speaking of the podcast, please subscribe to this podcast. Make it a favorite. Rate and write a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Also, if you happen to be listening on YouTube, would you please click that little like button and subscribe to my channel there? Because if you do this, you'll really help others to hear about God's truth and gain insight into what 21st century Christianity is all about, at least in the life of one woman in Kentucky who aims to be a kingdom influencer. And number three, please check out the Choose to Think Merchant More store. And the links for all of this are in the podcast show notes, as well as on the website. You know, I create unique designs weekly to accompany each podcast episode theme. And I think you'll enjoy looking through all the shirts, the pillows, mugs, hoodies, all of that, and all faith-based Christian apparel. Plus, I have a C2T on the light side for more whimsical designs. And hey, listen to this. If you have an idea for a design that you'd like to see, just shoot me an email at choose to think with the number two at gmail.com. I'd love to collaborate with you. You can even find some designs on Amazon via my website. And now on with the show. If you've been listening to the podcast for long, you know that I think it's imperative to acknowledge and declare our feelings and emotions and just to show our humanness. David modeled this practice so many times in the Psalms for us, thank goodness. But for me personally, I wanted more than just to vent. I wanted more than affirmation and validation of my feelings and thoughts. I wanted freedom. And with God's leading, I'm learning how to overcome toxic and near toxic thinking. You know, those repeated self-limiting or self-focused thoughts like these. I cannot do my life. I'm so overwhelmed and stressed. My life's a train wreck. Or those accusing lies like these. You're a horrible person. You ought to hate yourself. Be ashamed of yourself. Nobody loves you. You're ugly. Over the years and by God's 
leading, I've developed ultra sensitivity on thoughts that steer me in the wrong direction. And I've trained myself not to engage and believe those thoughts that I don't think God would be saying to me. With God's help, I've come a long way, but truly I have much to learn in this area. I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to keep fighting for what's right. And if the Bible tells me to take every thought captive, whether it's 6,000 thoughts or 60,000 thoughts a day, I'm going to give it a shot. In every case, it's good to pay attention to what we're thinking and to develop a sound battle plan for operating out of a victorious mind and to help us recognize thoughts and lies that come directly from the weaponry arsenal of that enemy of our souls. And that's what this episode is all about. The Bible tells us that we've been given weapons of warfare that are so divinely powerful, they can destroy fortresses, speculations, and every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. So the question is, how? In other words, if the battlefield is in our mind, how do we wage war against that enemy? Today, we're going to talk about a six-fold battle plan to help us use in both mild and fierce fights against the enemy of our souls, as well as against any lies we may have been duped into believing. As we dig into Psalm 18, we'll remember that David's enemies were real and physical, but the analogy with their spiritual foe is quite easy to make. How David approached his enemy is how we can approach ours. And let's boil it down into six tactics on how to wage war in the battlefield of our minds using Psalm 18 as our backdrop. Now, each tactic ends in the same four letters, T-I-O-N, to help you remember them better. And by the way, go out and teach someone what you learn in this episode. Share on social media your takeaways and be sure to tag me. Because studies show that learners who absorb then teach or share these concepts, more readily retain them. So here are the six battle tactics for warfare. Examination, identification, expectation, recognition, devastation, and adoration. Tactic number one, examination. Examine your soldier's heart. Are you keeping God's ways and letting him lead? Are you staying really close to him? Are you blameless, keeping biblical statutes and staying away from wayward sin, perversity, and mischief? Oof, this step really is the linchpin that holds everything together, isn't it? And it's a great launch pad into examining our thought life. But if you're like, okay, okay, I'm done, I'm done. I can't even get past step one. Please take courage. Because instead of letting this discourage you, try to recognize exactly who you are in Christ. You've been given a new heart, but you may still be battling with your flesh, so to speak. I mean, Okay, who among us hasn't said something recently that was offensive or hurtful to someone else? And we're like, did that just come out of my mouth? Or maybe we silently judge someone. Perhaps we rushed to get that parking spot, even though we knew another car was wanting it too. Maybe we intentionally snubbed somebody that we were mad at just to kind of get back at them. Well, I've done all of these things. The point here is the more you walk really closely to God, the quicker you'll become at recognizing the trappings of your flesh. When you walk in God's presence, you will be transformed into his image. You'll become the company you keep, so to speak, but don't beat yourself up when you, you know, fail or whatever. God knows your heart and he will help you to take any necessary turns. Remember, he did not create us as perfect little robots to love and adore him. He created us as humans with wills to choose to honor and obey him out of 
what? Out of love. And if you're feeling like you're tripping up so much here, here, and you feel so far from God, maybe even ashamed or embarrassed, perhaps today's your day to lay it down and turn. Ask God for help even in the turning. He will be there for you with open arms. Remember, he delights in you. The point here is you want your heart and your mind to be free and clear and battle ready. Tactic number two, identification. Identify exactly who God is in the battle and what his roles are. In Psalm 18, we read that God is our strength, our rock, fortress, deliverer, shield, horn of our salvation, our stay, rescuer, the God of our salvation. He is blameless and gentle, worthy to be praised. Now, is that the kind of king with whom you would like to be heading out to war? Uh, Yeah, me too. Okay, tactic number three, expectation. Expect God to hear you when you cry out to him when you're in trouble. Expect victories. This is kind of a no-brainer. I couldn't tell you the number of times during the day that I cry out to the Lord for help. I resist the enemy verbally and then ask God to rush to my rescue, especially when I'm having a repeated negative destructive thought that takes my attitude and mindset into a downward spiral. Here's an example. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed in my life with all the things I have to do or and even all the things that I get to do. And I know this is a very common feeling for many of you too. So I grab a piece of paper and I just start writing everything down, you know, the, the old brain dump method. And this is not new. You also make a to-do list, I'm sure. But then I hold up that paper, you know, kind of like symbolically and I pray, Lord, this is yours. Guide me in the direction to go today. If there are divine interruptions, okay. If I'm off track, please steer me back on. Show me which tasks would advance your kingdom, support my family the best, and show others I love them and would like to serve them. Because personally, I consider myself highly productive. I'm intentional about fostering an expectancy mindset. To me, mindsets and attitudes represent the mental fortresses and strongholds of God. They're not like the enemy fortresses and those, you know, that we demolish all those strongholds. Nope. It's this is a fortress or refuge that God has in mind for us. It's here that I'm safe from enemy assault and those fiery darts. The enemy attacks are all uh, are all the thoughts that bang around against my mindsets and attitudes. If the mindsets and attitudes are godly, the enemy doesn't have a chance, whether he uses darts, arrows, ambushes, or more modern day bullets and bombs. This expectancy bulwark is like the helmet of salvation, so to speak. You know, it's over our head, our brain, our minds, right? Well, what do I mean by an expectancy mindset? Well, I put myself into the gear that expects to be productive and accomplished in any given day, but especially when my to-do list is really, really long and overwhelming. And then I visualize the victories. I picture the battleground with God there at the lead. Okay. And I picture myself toiling in God's vineyard, yoked to Christ, because what really is impossible for God? If I ask him to guide me, he will. And if he wants me to do all the things on my to-do list, he's going to help me do them. And I want to expect that. Okay. Also, I have a one-page expectations mindset declaration. 
If you're interested, you can find it on the website and I'll put the link in the show notes also. You're welcome. It's just a one page declaration of today I expect these things and this is what I'm going after and I'm happy to share it. And I will tell you that it has helped me more than once to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to give way to those feelings of being overwhelmed. I'm just not going there. Historically, God has been so faithful and he's helped me every single time with my to-do list. He really and truly has. And I'm like, sometimes I like, I, I'm at the end of the day, I'm like, God, you're just so faithful to come through like this. But on the other hand, I could have given way to those negative thoughts. And then, yeah, you remember that bag of chips? I, I actually I don't like chips, but let's just say chocolate. I would have been digging into the chocolate bag, just trying to drown out my distress or something. So, so, you know, he has been there. He really, really does help me. Because when we cry out to God in our distress or when we're feeling overwhelmed, like we're, quote, losing, so to speak, he may just encourage us to run back to his shelter and his relief. I take a seat there, you know, we relax a little bit, and then we can remember that this battle belongs to God. Yes, I have to intentionally take the steps during the battle and advance as I am an influencer for the kingdom of God. But if I need a reboot, I can run right back to my rock. And then when the time is right and I'm refreshed and hopeful and filled with faith and filled with the spirit, I'll be ready to head right back out with my renewed mind. So tactic number one is examination. I keep a short list on even the smallest sins in God's eyes, bringing them to confession to find forgiveness, restoration, and fresh mercies. Tactic number two is identification of who God is. We identify him as we cry out to him in moments of need. And three is expectation. I choose the expectancy mindset knowing God will bring me to victory each day. And tactic number four is recognition. Tactic number four is recognizing that it is God who keeps us moving forward. We allow God to help us keep moving ahead. Psalm 18 was written when David was in battle fighting against Saul. This psalm is also recorded in 2 Samuel 22 with just a few minor changes. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Well, sometimes it's so easy to minimize our own 21st century battles because we think back on the likes of the mighty man David and the types of battles he fought. But let me tell you, our battles may look different, but they are no less difficult, challenging, and overwhelming at times. It's so easy to look on the horizon and see how the enemy is winning certain battles. It's so easy to feel defeated and to question our purpose in all of this. This is one reason that as a Christian, I recognize how much I need you. I know that I need to stay close to you and bend myself right alongside you. Sometimes we must divide and conquer, yes, but most often we need to be united and unified. When your troop sets up camp, I may need to step over there and feel the warmth from the fire that's blazing there. And likewise, things like this podcast even, it's meant to send out some warmth from my camp to yours because we both know that iron sharpens iron. 
And isolation is a ploy of the enemy. Let's allow God to keep us moving forward together. Let's also recognize what God does for us as we wake up each morning. Listen to how he equips you and me to move forward, even before we throw our feet over the side of the bed. He brings you into a broad place. He lights your lamp and you're never in the dark. He girds you with strength. He makes your feet so agile and able to go on even the toughest terrain. He even gives you a good foothold, nice and wide, level and smooth, to place your boots. Do your feet slip? Nope. His right hand upholds you. He sets you up way high for the most beautiful views, and he trains your hands so that you'll know exactly where to put them to work. He lifts you up above your enemies. Well, don't you find encouragement in these images? Yeah, me too. Okay, so our battle plan, you know, our battle plan, the tactics include one, examination of our hearts, two, identification of our leader and his various traits and characteristics, three, expectation that when we call, he listens. Even if we haven't even jumped out of bed yet, we make sure our mind is set to expect God's victories in this one day in our lives in all we set our hands to. And number four, recognition that God will call the shots and keep us advancing forward. And tactic number five is devastation. So tactic number five is devastation of the enemy plan. We engage our enemy and thwart his attempts to assault us. We've already shown such intentionality on our parts to be sure, and it doesn't stop when when we're in the heavier combat zone. David did not walk out into battle and just stand there. No, he went in with his game face on, and so should we. David could see his enemy. Ours is most likely unseen. And this is where taking those thoughts captive and having the godly mindset of expectation are critical, um, critical tactical moves that we must make. Otherwise, we're a sitting duck for the enemy of our souls. But listen to how David describes how he fought. He says this, I pursued my enemies. I overtook them. I did not turn back until they were gone. I shattered them. They could not resurface. They fell under my feet. Well, how could David devastate and demolish his enemy? Because God made him ready. Do you feel ready? Are you equipped for battle? Are you willing to work hard to defeat the enemy of your soul and all his pesky darts that he fires your way? And and you know what they say, the more you are attempting to advance God's truth and advance the kingdom of God, the more vicious your enemy becomes. Truly, if you're engaging, if or if you're not engaging, the devil won't either because he doesn't need to. According to a Washington Post article published several months ago referencing the coronavirus here, let me read this quote, the country is on the verge of another health crisis with daily doses of death, isolation, and fear generating widespread psychological trauma. Federal agencies and experts warn that a historic wave of mental health problems is approaching depression, substance abuse, post-traumatic stress disorder, and suicide, end quote. Well, my goodness, how would David have fought in this day and age, 
I'm not thinking that he would have been deterred in his quest. He would have engaged with the spiritual enemy and cloaked his mind in God's truth. He would have reminded himself of who God is, how God is forever at hand, just a prayer away. And he would trust that God would keep moving him forward, showing him the way to go. And then he would fight hard against all of the untruths and lies that the enemy would throw his way. He would stand against those lies that he heard as a kid, lies others might be hurling his way, even today. We all know what fake news is. Do, well, do you know what fake thoughts are? They're false. But if we're not careful to take them captive, we get duped into believing them. If someone told you as a kid that you were lazy or fat, that you would never amount to anything, that you were a loser, isn't now the time to fight hard and take back your thoughts and emotions and actions, bringing them in line to God's truths about you? Our thoughts influence our emotions and our actions. I cannot overemphasize just how important choosing to think actually is. You do have a role to play in defeating the enemy. God equips you, but if you do not engage the enemy, your mental health will plummet. You may find yourself in the depths of anxiety and despair. And I promise you, it does not have to be this way. In God's army, there is hope, fullness of life, and even joy, despite the hardships we face. And our enemy is not withstanding. And the number six battle tactic is adoration. Now, this is actually another mindset. When we are praising God, thanking Him, and showing gratitude, our eyes are off ourselves and fully on to Him. God is our stay. He is our support, our staff, just like the shepherd's staff. We can learn to sing praises to who God is. We can thank Him every moment of the day for the most common of blessings, like food on our table, a car to drive, a warm blanket in bed, clean running water, and the family we love. We can thank Him that we do not battle alone, that He will guide us, equip us, and teach us the truths we need to resist and defeat the enemy. So there you have it. A battle plan with six tactics to help you stay equipped to wage mental war in the 21st century. New Testament writer Timothy tells us to fight the good fight. Peter tells us to resist the enemy and stand firm in our faith. And Paul tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. God's word is our battle sword, and it, and it is truth that will set us free. Let's have a listen to Psalm 18. Now just picture yourself in the battlefield of your mind. See if you can identify those six battle tactics that David employed. They're not actually in order, but your ears should perk up when David speaks of the condition of his heart. How he identifies God will blow your mind. Matter of fact, I'm speculating that about two-thirds of this psalm points to God and how he deals with the enemy. Our God is mighty and powerful. You'll also hear how David's mindset and attitudes are bursting with expectation. Matter of fact, how we see God and what we expect him to be is basically what he will be to us. This is just how critical the expectancy mindset actually is. If we if I repeat the lies that I'm ugly or I'm a loser, then it's as if I get snagged in, into believing those toxic thoughts. David knew that God was kind, blameless, and pure, and he expected that he could be described that way too. 
There'll be a moment in this battle psalm when David recognizes that he needs his king for backup and support. He cries out for God to help, to God for help. Tune your ears to those lines when David is most active in the battle, utterly devastating his enemies. This is exactly how it can be for us with those toxic thoughts that the enemy hurls our way. Those incessant accusations and lies can be completely and utterly destroyed, and we can walk in total freedom. And finally, the psalm ends with hearts and minds lifted to adore, to show gratitude and appreciation for this mighty God we serve. He was there for David, and he's here for us too, even in this 21st century. There's a battle waging all right in our minds. Are you ready to fight? Psalm 18, the NASB version. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked and the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils and fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered His voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out His arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, He sent from on high, and He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his ordinances were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless with him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands and his eyes. With the kind, you show yourself kind. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself astute. For you save an afflicted people, but haughty eyes you abase. For you light my lamp. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. For by you I can run upon a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. 
He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon my high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I pursued my enemies and overtook them, and I did not turn back until they were consumed. I shattered them so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet, for you have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me, and I destroyed those who hated me. They cried for help. But there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them fine as the dust before the wind. I emptied them out as the mire of the streets. You have delivered me from the contentions of the people. You have placed me as head of the nations, a people whom I have not known serve me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. Foreigners submit to me. Foreigners fade away and come trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who executes vengeance for me and subdues peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Sure Surely you lift me above those who rise up against me. You rescue me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you among the nations, O Lord, and I will sing praises to your name. He gives great deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. And this is the word of the Lord. Now let's pray. Father, thank you for reminding us that we don't go it alone in this life. Thank you for equipping your servants with the ability to wage war in the spiritual realm as we labor on your team. Thank you for giving us a battle plan for how to overcome toxic thinking, especially when we're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or afraid. Thank you for sending your son, the King of Kings, and the Prince of Peace, who defeated the army in one fateful act on Calvary, making it possible for us to live in victory also. Thank you for giving us the mind of Christ. Teach us how to take toxic thoughts captive and what it means to walk daily with a renewed mind. Help us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything as we choose to fight on your team today. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, are you curious about the design for this episode? Well, here it is. Today, I choose to fight on God's team. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.